Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. Okay. Okay, we're okay. started. Oh. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Legacy Matters. Welcome. Legacy Matters. Hi, Jim. Thanks for tuning in. Jim and yep. Sam and Sarah. Yep. All three of us are here today. We're all here today. Sarah's back in town from wine country. They say that every time. <laughs> it's, it's Jim. I, I it's don't even Jim. know what that means anymore. I, it means been, that you take a lot of trips to wine country. I don't know what sure that, do. I still don't know what that means. I wish uh, I was in wine country right now. I know. Uh, Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Subscribing, yeah. leaving comments. Yep, we love the comments. Thanks for them. It's wonderful. Do weather. Weather, yeah. January. Here we are, middle of January. Same old, same old. It's very, it's sunny. It's crisp. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful out Do you know today. what I heard on the way over? Hmm. It's going to snow. I heard... Uh, heat wave? I heard heat wave. Yep, it's going to be... It's uh, 7 January degrees thaw. right now. It's going to be 40-ish oh. tomorrow or the next day or whatever. All right. And they said... Uh, if you like the sun, go get some of it today because you're not going to see it again for another week or so. That's what I heard. Mm, okay. Cloudy, huh? Noted. Cloudy. Yeah. Right. I was like, well, Noted. thanks, because that's that's what you want to tell the entire population of a cooped up state right. of Minnesota. Just yeah. like, you know what? Get ready. Buy those uh, LED or to the yeah, mood lights. lights. Mood lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Here we are. We good? Yep. You ready? Well, I'm going to introduce guess. our guest. Go ahead. Uh, this is, uh, we've got, and it's a distinct pleasure for me to have you in here today. Uh, we have Deb Malin, who, uh, you are a camp parent, so I, I talk about camp a lot on this show. And in case ever, anyone lot. doesn't know, yeah. he worked yeah. at camp In case camp anyone doesn't know, Sam, <laughs> Sam and camping are hand in hand. They like to tease me. Uh, we had Steve heard him in uh director of mishawaka mm-hmm. we've got other camp wonderful directors man. coming in we've got uh the new the new director of uh birchwood is coming in birchwood for boys mm-hmm. here in another couple of months but anyway so i talk about camp all the time but it's i have these camp moms around like yourself Deb, that are i camp love that you're in yes that's how i, I she's She's turned into so much more. She's really blossomed. You really, you've, you've, your wow. flower has bloomed. Those since. weeks they were away, came time to water myself. Not, oh. not in wine country, in Minnesota. But um, yeah. Okay. I think All the right. joke is that wine country is here in Minnesota. Sometimes it is. Yes, it is. That's yeah. yeah. Although I've said to my students, okay, we don't live in wine country. No whining. Oh, really oh funny, yes. Oh, we're Referring to the That's other, hokey, but the grape I like it. It's a homonym. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I trust you on that. Let me wear my teacher hat for a moment. Well, welcome, Dad. Yes, thanks, thanks for, for coming in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so here we are. Here we are. You look very prepared today. You're you're the only guest that we've had that brought a file. And then you dressed up like this was TV, not not recorded. You look very nice today. My school clothes. I just oh. came from one of our sites. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, Thanks very nice. for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. So uh, what is it that you've done? What is this uh, this foundation that you started? Not that I don't know. Uh, okay. I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce it. Sure. Thank you. Um, so the foundation, Literacy Matters Foundation, started 
uh, for a couple reasons. I was a teacher for over 25 years, and I worked with underserved children, both those born in poverty and those with learning differences. And then my youngest son, Jeremy, who you know, was also diagnosed with dyslexia. So we had the ability to hire a tutor to get him up to speed early. Early intervention is best, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you don't catch it between kindergarten and third grade, children with learning differences fall through the cracks. And there are... There's profound impact when you look at what happens when you go from learning to read in third grade, up to third grade, to reading to learn. So I look at all this and I realize, wow, mm. my son had a tutor. How do we scale people who don't have access to a tutor? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stop just any you just tutor. for a moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, learning to read to reading to learn. I've never heard this. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you stopped because when you said that, I thought, wow, that's it a took great me a, way to say that. I had to shut my mind off for a yeah, moment so just did, to think I about, too. Like, what, yeah. oh, I like that little trick. Yeah, it's, it is the fact. So we have to teach children. We have to provide them the basic literacy skills K through three so they can then, you know, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, right? Or yesterday, whatever holiday it is at any given time, we want them to do a report on their hero. Well, they can't get through the reading to do the outline. How are they going to turn in a report? So so begins this downward spiral of shame, and I can't read. Right. So with that in mind, I set out to teach a lot of children to read and write. So I worked with um, children of means whose parents could afford a tutor in the morning, and then in the afternoon I worked with what are you know the most at-risk children who can't afford a tutor, and I worked pro bono, and it just kept going, and I was never home to raise my boys. I have Is that why they sons. turned out the way they did? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Independent. Um, I love those boys, by the way. You know, thinkers and l- <laughs> lucky to be readers. So what ended up happening was in a, in a moment of rage, and I've told this story, not my best parenting moment, I put out a chicken pot pie from Costco again. And mm. Elliot said, oh, please, not this again. Yeah, because you're a fantastic cook. Stopped cooking, started teaching more and more and more. And then I got frustrated, right? And I said, how, you know, you guys, come on. I have to help these children. And one of my kids said, scale a tutor. And I'm like, train other tutors. I said, that'll never, Mm -hmm. that won't do it. And then I turned to Dan, the AV guy (laughs) I married from high school, and said, scale me on a device. How do we scale me on a device? He's like, well, you can run a company. I was like, you run a company. You run a company. He's like, I got a few too many companies to run right now. (laughs) So there in lies the impetus for the story, which was underserved kids, including my own. And that's a hard pill to swallow. So you think about those two populations that we serve. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Scalable tutor. So we went and built this program, which includes this app, right? It's, it's an app using artificial intelligence, um, handwriting recognition, voice recognition, and it's the virtual tutor. It's machine learning, so when the children make a mistake, they're redirected to the right thing. It literally is me, my voice, right? It's not this voice. It's the one that I used with my own kids. Like, Wait a minute. Yeah. What do you mean? It's a different voice? Yeah. So, so it's I, not, this is your, this is your like, conversational with people voice, and then you've got a different one? So yeah, Mighty Doodle says, it's today for you and me and Mighty Doodle. Let's get learning. Oh. And there's a number they can call. And anyway, so that's how it happens. They work with me as a tutor in the form of a character. They create their own avatar. And then they go through a series of mini games where they learn to decode and encode, basically read and write. And then ultimately they're in sentences. And then in between... And is this 
publicly available? Like, is this free? It's and, at schools. Mm-hmm. We're working. Um, okay. We've had some support from Apple. We'll be going out back out there to talk to them. They have a app for schools. So we are their K through three app that teaches children how to read using real live data and analytics in our teacher portal. Um, and we integrate, thank you, Betsy Weiner, who's one of a fan of your podcast, Betsy. We and have mindfulness guest, yeah. when they make mistakes and okay. we have mobility between every mini game. So they get the wiggles out because the session is 47 mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. It's multi-sensory. They're active and they're moving in their sitting up straight and then they learn to read and write and we've had really extraordinary results how, how many oh, years have you been doing this now when did you start this well when did you start 30 years ago when i became a teacher yeah and, when did you uh, start literacy literacy matters though uh over five years ago okay and okay. then we formed a foundation mm-hmm. over three years ago i could give you exact dates yeah, yeah, but my caffeine hasn't kicked you know, in. We, we make clear to our listening audience that we don't deal in facts, and you've probably, you'll probably be more factual than most of our guests. It's not that we intentionally lie. It's that we say something like, <laughs> we need it was probably like seven checker. years ago or something, but it turns out it was really 11 years. It's just the things that I you screw up. Yeah. So, but it sounds like you're pretty close. I'm, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with what you're saying. Less fact. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to state a couple of facts for your yeah, listeners. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Fact about, it is important. You're going you're gonna to yeah. turn about 50 of them away, but that's okay. Well, I don't know, because once you hear this one, you may not turn away, right? <laughs> yeah. Should I get doom and gloom for five seconds? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 85% of the children in the juvenile court system are illiterate. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. poor education, poor access to education is the pipeline to prison. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. hard to pill to swallow mm-hmm. 90% of children trafficked which is estimated 90% uh, are illiterate they're at risk for abuse in their lives for fraternity right um, and then right here at home a lot of people don't know this but 60% of Minneapolis school children are not at grade level by third grade hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, that's however for a letter word hope yeah we built Mighty Doodle, and Mighty Doodle teaches all children the way they learn, kinesthetic or auditory. What kind of learner are you? And we keep them motivated, and they love it. I just did a tour at one of our schools, and the teacher announced, time's up, and two of the children went, aww. Right. <laughs> and they're in headsets, yeah. so they don't know how loud so it was. So when you say one of your schools, this is the school that's that you're working with right now with your program. Yeah, right? we roll in the iPads, yep. 40 iPads in a cart where okay. we work with Jamf to push each new build. Mm-hmm. We deploy a teacher with that cart and each child sits with a headset and a microphone, oblivious because of where they are socially, emotionally, that there are right. other learners around them, especially English language learners. Mm-hmm. They're more willing to speak up because they're talking to Mighty. Sure. Yeah, they're talking to you. They're talking to me. That's, that's awesome. So it's for, if you're going into a classroom, it's all children regardless of their skill set at that point, or are you targeting the specific students within? Great question. So right now, we're in the ER. Mm-hmm. And in the ER yeah. are children who don't have access to education based on where they live or mm-hmm. multi-generational poverty, they go one in the same. Okay. The other is children with learning differences who aren't identified. So I have three children. Mm-hmm. If you look at the spectrum, like if you look at a bell curve, I have children across that bell curve. And this would have worked for all of them. One of my kids, super smart, 
came out of the womb reading Harry Potter, this would have shown them, don't put him in these lessons. He needs to be in chapter books, right? Mm -hmm. Then I had another son who may, did, may or not have known CK comes at the end of word after a short vowel. Otherwise, it's ink, ink, gunk, gunk. And then I have Jeremy, my Dad. beautiful baby boy, <laughs> who uh, struggled. His own mom a teacher, and I missed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't diagnosed till first grade. Well, they're all they're all whip smart. So whether they have a, a learning disability or not, it, it could go unnoticed because of their they're smart and they're these your boys. That so is. so how did you get the schools interested? How did you solicit them? Did you what what was that process like? It's a lot of door knocking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've been knocking on doors to say, you know, can we come in? Do you want to see what we have? And then the efficacy, of course, that speaks volumes. It's about being a disruptor, which mm -hmm. in, in, you know me, right? I'm not a disruptor. I am the rule follower. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, you're a disruptor. And I sort of took offense. Like, I, I think I've been respectful. They said, no, no, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. This is what we need. We need an intervention that's a scalable solution. We need a virtual tutor so the teachers can teach. Why do 40% of teachers turn over? You know, why do we have that rate? Because they didn't intend on doing everything we're demanding of them. Mm -hmm. And then we beat them down and tell them, you know, you're not doing it. Look at these scores. Well, they may have been getting snow pants or right. getting them fed and the nurse and the mom and all the things they need in addition to basic literacy skills. These are all things that we've touched on uh, in previous shows. So so you're you're talking literacy. Uh, we've had conversations about housing and how that impacts people's lives. And then we've talked about food. And I, I think you combine all of these three things. If you give a kid a safe home to live in and good food and literacy, you what, what have we given them then at that point? And how much are we missing out on for all of the children mm -hmm. that don't get that? You know, what a, what a wasted resource as a society to have kids not live up to potential that's fully there it's not there's nothing stopping them from achieving more except for the fact that we're not providing the what yeah they, they slip through the cracks which is kind of what you were for um, no good reason saying there's earlier. no reason there's not yeah. i mean it's it's so whether whether liberal or conservative right this is it there's so many good reasons to find ways to fund these types of programs because it benefits us all it's a it's the right investment to be making education in, yeah, yeah and housing yeah. and food i mean yep. these things are, you all know the that. basics of life are what kids need to thrive and and then beyond that then we need to get them out playing get them into camps that's why yeah. we do this during the morning literacy block so they don't have to go in afterwards but you talk you said something about this being a non-political issue i don't care if you look at it as children is human capital and it costs our nation 300 billion dollars a year it literally yeah. costs our, or if you look at it from social justice you know either perspective you, you should agree mm -hmm. you have to agree mm -hmm. that we have to invest in this precious yes. resource of children with 95 percent of our children highly mobile and homeless and they qualify for free breakfast and lunch that's got to tell us something. Mm -hmm. We need to break the system. You know, my lovely boys love to tell me, you know, Mom, you'll be dead when this, you know, really starts has having its an impact. impact. 
I said, well, I'm well aware. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks thank for you, the reminder. Thank you for that reminder. I love your insight. Wow, I'm so touched Lucky. by your... And, uh, but the truth is, if we teach this generation to read, they'll have better opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that breaks this cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and there's... Oh, oh I was going to... Um, so when you're out there searching for funding, you're talking to policymakers... Is it a hard argument to make? It seems to me that it shouldn't be, but what are your obstacles when you're facing people in power and asking for, whether it's money or support? It's a great question. What are the obstacles? That was essentially what I was going to ask, oh. too. Like, what's standing in the way? Like, why? Right, because it seems like a common sense thing, but again, it, you know. Yeah, where, where, how are we missing that this is so vitally important? And why isn't it? I know that government move slowly but like it shouldn't take a lot of convincing no matter what side of the aisle you're on right to to say yeah this is actually of course it's like uh you can point to data and studies or you can just think about this for just a moment and you'll figure it out you don't really need a book to tell you that kids need to learn to read and that society will be better when they when that happens yeah it's not rocket science no so what do you what do you run into so I think a couple of things. First of all, we haven't moved the needle K through three in Minnesota. For, so for foundations, you know, what do they say? The land of 10,000 lakes, the land of 10,000 foundations. Mm-hmm. Um, I set out to do this as a nonprofit to right a wrong. So we're this walking oxymoron, right? We're a nonprofit ed tech startup. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. It seems to be working, right? We talk a lot about nice tech here in Minnesota. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what, I'll take that. Um, the issue is because no one has been able to do anything, people have pulled back to invest in other programs um, because they say, you know, this doesn't work. Let's do mentoring. This doesn't work. Let's work on other issues. All the issues are important, and this is a root problem. Mm-hmm. So if we don't attack the root of the problem, then you have the domino effect of non-readers, right, more likely to self-medicate. Mm-hmm. more likely to be promiscuous, more likely to be unemployed, more likely to suffer from depression. And again, not to be the bear of bad news because I have so much hope every day seeing 500 children on our devices. There's a link between illiteracy and suicide. Mm-hmm. And that report was released last week. So that is what drives me the hours while I'm <clears throat> drinking Diet Coke like it's water. <laughs> um, <laughs> You would never. Because there's this obstacle that it can't be changed, but it is. I say hope is not a four-letter word. I mean, it is. Yeah, then why would you say that? It is literally a four-letter word. It is. (laughs) Sorry. The four-letter words that we don't teach our children. Um, So, like, hate and curse words. Sure. um, Sorry. So So when you're door-knocking and you're at school, I mean... You know, that seems, you know, I would think that would also seem pretty daunting. I mean, you know, do you find teachers sort of pushing back? Or are they sort of like saying like, wow, this is pretty cool. We can integrate this. So I thought the teachers would be the obstacle. And in the first Mm -hmm. meeting we do training, Mm -hmm. there are people um, who come from my generation who believe children should learn on a lap and are used to paper and pencil. That's a bit archaic now for us. Mm -hmm. So I sit with them and I say, listen. Let's just look at it together. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks in, 
they are the biggest champions mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they ask, they're the, they're, they are what drive us to year two and three because they say, this works. Because they're seeing it firsthand, the, whereas someone the outside, yeah. Yep. So, so am I hearing that as uh, perhaps like a little bit of tech phobia or something when it comes to this stuff? Like there, there's two things you said there. Uh, one is we haven't moved the needle in a long time. So, so presumably people have put effort into literacy in Minnesota in various ways over the years, not seen results. So they kind of moved on and said, we just can't fix that one. Some cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just, just, sorry, that one's done. Mm-hmm. And you're, and, and then another thing, uh, is that you would expect perhaps teachers to be, um, reticent to use this new technology because you've because they're used to paper and and i would say what's funny about technology and i know digital technology is a little different but what's funny about technology is each time it comes along it it disrupts something and it first you know like every new media gets used for things four letter words like porn and stuff like that first and then it gets used for these other things and then it disrupts politics and then it then people actually figure out how to use it to some benefit widely. So, you know, before before TV was around or photos or, or even pens and pencils and, and you know, manufactured paper, we were doing things. And then when these things came out, the teachers eventually started to adopt them as useful tools. And tech may, may have disrupted the balance of a child's life for a while. But now, clearly, you can find ways to make tech do good by children. And that's what you're doing. Right. And I would justify this, right? I was not a tech person. My husband had to tell me I need a new phone. I said, it is new. It's six years old. He'd say, no, you need a new phone. I, I was, no, no, right. no. This is you know, technology for good. So if you've got 47 mm-hmm. minutes where they're engaged, interactive, mobility and mindfulness, that's tech for good. Sitting dormant in front of a screen not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would argue sitting 30 kids on the carpet, listening to a teacher drone on and on. I like Orton Gillingham. The method works, but it was from the 1930s. Right. So what I like to say is we took the wheel off the horse and buggy. We didn't reinvent it. It's based on Orton Gillingham, scientifically proven method, right? Took that wheel off, put it on like a, like a go-kart gas car, right. electric car, whatever, and set it in motion and the kids are loving it and if they can love learning versus like oh mm-hmm. i know that letter y says yeah i e as in yes that is my candy and he's funny and he throws a candy bar up that's funny i don't want to be sitting cross-legged any more than they do as a person drones on like i may be doing right now no you're not droning you're not. <laughs> well it's interesting because you know some people uh, you know, some people would say screen time, too much screen time. But you're the way you just said it. I mean, there is good screen time, yeah. and screen time is okay. Yeah, and and this is another thing we've talked about before. But in the absence of in the absence of building something meaningful for that screen time to be, what we've allowed is a bunch of nineteen year olds to build addictive games. And it, one way or another, the kids are going to be looking at those screens. We all do it ourselves. How could we expect that the kids aren't going to be doing it? So if, if full-fledged adults don't step up and figure out how to build new tech that works for kids, they're going to just do something stupid with it that, that's harmful to them. So you're giving them a, you know, a good reason to do well, an introduction something good. to it, right? 
I think that's why Apple chose us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They chose 10 women-led tech companies who mm-hmm. thought were making a difference. And then we went to Apple, which is basically, I'm not allowed to say what I'm at. It's, you know, not allowed to talk about it. But I will say this. It was a bit like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when they say things like, anything's possible. And then I start to cry like, anything? We can make you, we can help. And then I blast it out of the elevator like, wow, right. this yeah. is the Because right. yeah. like they mean it. Ticket. Oh, they mean it. Yeah. Dan's yeah. a little jealous. <laughs> yeah, you put, you put <laughs> so enough resources got, behind it. When you get invited to the Worldwide Developers Conference, yeah. some of your yeah. listeners may watch it on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. bring Dan. Yeah. Uh, well, he doesn't get everything, does he? No. He you doesn't know. even get dinner now, poor guy. Oh. So are you, um, so this is 10 different companies around the country, right? Yeah, uh, actually 60 countries. Okay. We were the second group of women entrepreneurs in tech innovators and they're they continue to do it so we'll be back there next month we'll show them the progress we've made Mm -hmm. and then we should be a downloadable app all over the country so that any school can Mm -hmm. download it for their students right okay and the goal minnesota first though because we're 50 out of 50 for graduating children of color yeah i know i know we keep talking about that too and it's it's terrible here we can do better we will Mm -hmm. we we will Mm -hmm. i have a lot of Mm -hmm. hope that we will do better always a lot of hope but it takes a lot of work too, and someone. It takes do that. the discuss- the work, and it's talking about it too. Yeah, it is, and and talking about it in a way that uh, opens the conversation. It's like maybe maybe there's a finger to be pointed somewhere. I don't know, but in this particular conversation, that doesn't always. It's not going to do a lot of good. We just. We, so can I tell you where I'd point the finger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I'd point it to each of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, you know, let's think about what can I do? What could I do? I had to do something. It wasn't exactly what I planned. I mean, come on. Did you ever think I'd be in a technology company having known me? No, I, I didn't think I would be either. Oh, well, here we are. Nice <laughs> to know. meet you. Nice to meet you to the new you. <laughs> None of us thought that we'd be where we are right now. No. Yeah. But that's the journey. That is, is the, the journey. journey. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're able to take risks and do this journey. Which is interesting. Because there's you know, a bigger picture. There is. We're trying to make a contribution, not just money. Yeah. And that scares people. It does. Mm-hmm. I Here's something home. interesting. Yeah, Sorry. No, no. Um, in place of the word team, I in our organization, it's a weem. There's no I in team, right? <laughs> yeah. So I took it a step further. <laughs> W-E, uppercase, A-M. We're a weem of people. I don't want to hear the word I, I, I. Mm-hmm. We do this together. <laughs> so we as a nation did this, and we as a nation will fix it. Mm-hmm. So again, point to yourself, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I can help literacymatters.org. <laughs> there you go. Plug. <laughs> now, it's, uh, these are all things we talk about. I I forget what, what my little point was that I was going to make. You, you guys go ahead. Yeah, I forgot something for once. <laughs> drink some more tea. Shocking. You want yeah. some Diet Coke? <laughs> tea. Mighty Definitely. Doodle sponsored by Diet Coke. <laughs> Please donate now. Well, how did this all start with Apple? I mean, so did they, con- did, who found who? So that's interesting. They had this contest, and yeah. I thought, you never know. So we applied. And then they asked us for more information. And then we got a phone interview, and I'm not going to get my hopes up. I didn't even tell Dan. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I understand. But I got to go for it. And then we had another phone call. And I thought, wow, 
this is pretty cool. And what is the contest? Like what? They take you to a camp. You you stay at Mm -hmm. Apple Mm -hmm. for a week and a half. Where's Apple? Cupertino. Okay. (laughs) California. It's like, and is it a hidden fortress? Where is is Willy Wonka? Right. Where's that chocolate factory? It's next to Disneyland. It's kind of a big deal, Jim. Yeah, I know. Well, no, I'll tell you, it is a big deal, and I know that because. Two of my children barely know what I do. And when I got a tweet from Tim Cook, they were like, Mom. Yeah, <laughs> now you're doing it. That's What about the fact it. I've been a teacher for 25 years? Eh, silence. No biggie. Apple and, and Mom, to, seriously? You got to hang out with Oprah, but, too. So was the I contest, was, though, like, <laughs> uh, you know, was it like new technology? Was, I mean, what was the specifics of it? It like, was were, new apps that will change okay. the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and women-led, yes? Women-led. Do you have partners, or is it... How does your structure work? Within organization, mm-hmm. I'm the founder mm-hmm. with Mighty Doodle. Just kidding. <laughs> and um, I've slowly been able to hire people. Okay. But it was me out of my living room. Okay. So you're the woman of the woman-led. One of many. One now of many. it's a okay. weem of people dedicated mm-hmm. beyond dedicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every, every single person. Our teachers work overtime. All of our staff. Do you have any men, men on staff? Yes, we do. Yeah, because we I, we like to participate too. I'm totally all for letting women lead the charge, but I want to be able to help. Yes, any way I can. And they are. And yes, yes, yes. The only point was in technology, specifically in technology mm. and gaming, yes. there aren't a lot of women. Right. Very few. And so this was their initiative to bring women to pull them back in. Okay. So Just, how many applicants were there then? Do you know, like, how many people like they said women? Thousands. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. I would think so. Yeah. Here's the great thing about Apple. They are, again, the coolest place. I was really taken aback with their commitment yeah. mm-hmm. to altruistic behavior to help us. They uh-huh. really cared about us. They didn't just say it. They actually following through with their actions. So what was their, what was their want? What, what, what do they want, really, from us? They wanted to help us. Huh. Right. Yeah. And again, we, we're shocked when people just want to help because we're so, we've, we've been so conditioned for to expect something else, I feel like. I have met some of the best human beings. I have more hope in people now than ever before because they want to make the world a better place. Oh, that's good to I hear. think that, that yin and yang is always there. Like there's, you know, we think of uh, like the oil industry, big companies in oil as being terrible places or something but you know they've got a vested interest in the future of the planet as well and they they'll move not everyone's going to do everything for good and not everyone's going to do everything for bad there's always some gray area between them and i'm sure apple why wouldn't they want to help they have all the resources available well that's the thing they do have the resources you know and the ability so so that's very cool Mm -hmm. you know that this that this is happening I think I am the only person who ever asked Apple for a pencil sharpener. <laughs> You're a teacher. <laughs> They're like, who let the teacher in? Who doesn't love a good pencil sharpener? <laughs> I literally, everyone's on their technology. I'm with paper and pencil. And you want like the old school one that you can Not make. even a mechanical pencil. <laughs> the grindy one. We don't yeah. have one of those, but we could probably get you one this afternoon. And I'm thinking, Amazon. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> totally. I would, that's what Two I was hour thinking. delivery. Oh, I was thinking they ran to Target. Oh, right. Apple, of course they did. Right. Not even a two hour delivery. Two minutes. They're two Apple. minutes. Get the intern minutes. out there. Right. They have a Target in the lobby, probably. Probably. Yeah. They were so gracious. I'll tell you this because it's self deprecating, but I don't care. I was spinning it was 
so much, so much learning, so much support that I walked face first into a glass door during a learning session. Oh. It sounded like a bird hit the window. I um, oh. fractured yeah. my nose. Oh, my God. They're like, we're going to call a medic. I'm like, don't call a medic. I'm the oldest person here. Please don't call me a medic. <laughs> just pretend it never happened. So I had to go get ice in a glove and just walk around all day. <laughs> because Apple's all glass probably, oh. right? I mean, it's just like their store is glass walls right. everywhere. You don't know what's going on. I've Probably I super clean. On things before thinking like, oh, this should open. And then I'm like, oh shit, I gotta go over two oh, yeah. more. It wasn't there's the door. <laughs> it was my fault, not Apple's. I was running at warp speed, so I wouldn't be late for a meeting. But I was like, oh please, I'm like the grandma here. I'm the oldest lady. <laughs> do not, do not call a medic. I am fine. You don't look fine. I'm fine. Are you off balance? No, that's my normal state. <laughs> <laughs> I fall over a lot. <laughs> All right, I I do remember what I was thinking about, and I this is a this is a new thing for me to be talking about and thinking about. So bear with me as I figure out exactly what I'm trying to say here. Uh, as as a child, I grew up in a you know <laughs> he and I joke about our hometowns, Crystal right. and Elk River, and and we didn't have any money. My folks were divorced, very you know regular income family, and I grew up hearing from all of my teachers telling the entire class that we could do anything that we wanted. So I really, truly bought into that when I was a kid, and I thought everybody in this class could, the little girls could end up being president, the little brown-skinned kid could end up being president, like, which there are very few in my hometown of Elk River. But uh, my assumption was, like, innocently that, that we all could do something if we really wanted to. And then as you get older... Uh, you spend some period of time being somewhat selfish, I would imagine, and then you, or at least I did, and then you spend time uh, working at a camp or something. Some of us do that. Uh, you spend time raising children, and you you just wonder like, but the really smart kids, they they probably are all out there being their best selves because the teachers always told us we could all do that. So I assume they are, and and realizing now in my mid forties that that's just not the case. I think of I think of the extreme privilege that I live with as a middle-aged white guy in the sense that for the last 2 years we we could take the risk to try and bring a good idea forward and a good piece of technology that really will help people and we could do that because even though I'm completely invested in it, my entire life is invested in it, all the money I have and everything. And my wife's going to kill me when she hears all this. But anyway, she doesn't listen to the show. Uh, at the end of the day, the privilege I have is that I, I did not go corporate where I couldn't take the risk because I had some vested interest in the company that I would be giving up if I, if I stepped out of my position to do something good you can't do that. So I know people caught in that hamster wheel who just want to do things better, but they can't get out of it. And on the other end, people who don't have the educational background, who weren't you know, literate, highly literate at a young age, uh, who didn't have the resources, who now live kind of paycheck to paycheck, they can't take a risk and try and do something like this. So it's actually a responsibility of mine with this privilege to figure out a way to do something good while we can. So mm-hmm. that's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. It's mm-hmm. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. We go mm-hmm. from being little 
narcissistic teenagers. You know what's interesting about your journey to me? What's that? It reminds me of so many people that I work with because, first of all, there's a book called Dyslexic Advantage. And it talks about because of their brains, their neurodifferences, they would think in a different way that can't be outsourced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like I know someone like that. (laughs) It's that, estimated that that's eight. me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I figured this would all come around sooner or later. But you 85% know? But yeah. of the world's most successful entrepreneurs have yeah. ADHD yeah. or dyslexia. Yes. They're the outside the box mm-hmm. thinkers. Mm-hmm. They would say, you're lazy, you're not focused. When in fact, mm-hmm. they were daydreaming about something we can only imagine. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Couldn't possibly imagine. Yes, that's an what interesting happens. point. Yeah. yeah I, so I'm yeah. aware of that. Yes. You know, and uh, so I've been. You know, obviously, dyslex. I am dyslexic. You know, yeah. um, horrible speller. Cannot spell at all. Can read fine, but not spelling. You know, or yeah. put together grammar. Very that's why well. they have a spell check. That's. Uh, you know what? My life is a lot easier now that I can talk into my phone. <laughs> oh, it's great. true. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. And you, you know? also have the dyslexic advantage. Here's what I will tell you: If you're of a growth mindset, I don't want my son labeled. Mm. So if someone said your child's dyslexic. I said. My child has dyslexia. Mm-hmm. That's very it doesn't different. Define right. no. It yeah. doesn't define mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And he said that he, we did a TV or a radio commercial. Um, the Hubbard family has been extraordinarily generous, and he went. He outed himself. He came up and said, "I'm going to out myself." I was like, "Oh, I didn't see this coming." Blah blah blah. We love you. We hope you find someone you love. He didn't mean outing himself that way. He meant you can tell yeah. people my story. Right. So. He um, he is the most resilient human being because of his dyslexia. That's part of dyslexic advantage, too. You don't know anything other than having to work 10 times as hard right. as everyone mm-hmm. else. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can go the distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're resilient. Mm-hmm. Keep bouncing back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel so yeah. good. Yeah. Pretty darn good. Yeah. Look I, at you. Look at this. Oh, he's, he's yeah. awesome. We love him. I think, I think we, we miss... We miss out on so much when we try and normalize everything too and make sure everybody's, you know, everybody's equal instead of just appreciating the the differences. Yeah, I remember my boys coming home from school with needing some help with some math problems and they were teaching, you know, they were teaching you how to multiply three or four different ways. And, and when I was a kid, it was just the one way. You put the number with the number below it, and you did the multiplication, and you figured out the answer. Uh, this was actually, they were they were using a line, and and I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, this is completely foreign to me. Uh, they were subtracting, actually, with, with a line as well, and it was the, I had never thought of subtraction as the distance between two numbers. But they were showing it as a distance. So if you've got 84 minus 12, what's the distance between 12 and 84? That's the answer to that. And it opened up like, well, no wonder I couldn't do calculus because I didn't. I, no one ever told me that you could think of it a different way. And now we know whether it's reading or math or anything else, we do things differently. And that's the special sauce that makes humans good. Yes. That's a great example, though. Yeah, it is because we have to teach the way all children learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you, again, can you? Is it better when you hear it? Is it better when you write it down? In the case of the literacy of, um, or the science of literacy, when you write it, speak it, hear it all at the same time, it connects all those synapses. Boom! You now know 
O-W at the end of a word. I keep looking at you. You know why? Because right. I want to say this to you. Sorry. You can delete this from the podcast. <laughs> that, that's okay. We don't delete anything. So something that gives me the greatest amount of pain has to do with dignity and shaming. Because I think what happens is we shame children who are illiterate. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they become little adults who have shame about Mm -hmm. what they think is their lack of capacity. Mm -hmm. Right. So the first thing I did in private practice was Mm -hmm. I would meet a child and I would say, I need to apologize. Yeah. Because someone didn't figure out the way your brain works. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to help. And together Mm -hmm. we're going to figure out how you learn and we're going to load that brilliant brain. Mm -hmm. No shame. That didn't happen at Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) The odd thing about Jim is he turned out okay. You know, well, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I had tutors when I was younger, you know, um, for this. But then, you know, there's ways that you just sort of adapt, you know. And we talk about this all the time, the three of us. You know, I mean, to be successful, you have to be adaptable. You know, well, and, and you make art, yeah, too. The, you make well, yeah. And I went to a private art school, so I didn't have to. You know, I just drew pictures and made paintings. <laughs> that agility like that. makes you successful looking. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You're like the poster child for children with dyslexia. Don't say Hello? that. That's not true. <laughs> that is definitely not true. Oh, all right. No. Well, I think it's, uh, is it okay to take a little break? Yeah. 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 And then and then come back? Jim's okay. like, yep, gotta go. Well, you know, I'm, I'm doubling down with coffee and water today, so... It'll take our. <laughs> Deb, we have to. I'm all about the break. We'll okay. have a mindfulness break. <laughs> okay. okay. <Bye>. Mobility. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app, a first of its kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel safe products directly to your door in an airport security safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit packsimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit earthedfound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. All right, everyone.
everyone. All right, we're back. We are back. We were getting we were getting nice and heavy, but in a good way, I think. Oh, yeah. Before the break. Yep. Well, whenever we go on break is when we have the in-depth conversations. We start like, it. You know? I mean, not that we don't, but I mean that it always happens that way. Well, it's just it's impossible to actually stop <coughs> your conversations, so you just keep, right. Right. keep moving. But uh, this is a this is a very important conversation. I mean, it's not like this is going to change the world, but all of but these little conversations. Conversation. Yeah. 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 Well, so I'll share this. So because we were talking about my story, so being dyslexic, and you know, it it didn't even happen. You know, well, what did I say? Is I have way? dyslexia. I have dyslexia. You're not dyslexic. Yes. You are yes. not a label. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. we, we're a little too... We say things the wrong way all the time. Uh, oh, I say everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm always... putting myself in there with right, you, too, because right, right. I still say some of the old um, stuff. But, you know, I didn't even know it until, like, end of high school, going into college, literally. You weren't supposed to know it. Your yeah. teachers need to know it. <laughs> right. That's a good point. And no one... I, I, You know, it wasn't addressed. I mean, nothing was. But... During the break, we were talking about this. And, you know, so during my high school years, t- horrible in English, right? But I excelled in other things greatly, especially art and architecture and, you know, all of that. And um, so it was, what was it, my senior year? And I was the kid that was well-liked by all of my teachers. Everyone liked me, you know, especially my art teachers, you know, so... I uh, fulfilled all my requirements, and I kind of was like, you know, hmm, what am I going to do now? You know, I can just keep taking study halls, or I could fill it with, you know, some other class. But um, because I'm old, it was the first, <laughs> it was the days of post-secondary school, you first, know. And uh, The first, that program it was, was just first, coming about. Yeah, they were just talking about it. And I remember my art teacher and the principal were like, oh, you know, Jim you know, could go over to Votech or start, you know, at MCAD um, and start getting college credits while I was in high school. And I thought like, wow, that sounds great because I'm kind of bored mm. in, in high school. I mean, well, I state finished everything. For that, right? Yes, That's they part did. Of the deal. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, that sounds like a great deal because, you know, I didn't want more student loan as I would go forward. So, so as, you know, this part in my life, you know, I did excel in that manner, you know, and started college in high school. And I was one of the first kids that started huh. that out of um, huh. Cooper. So so thank you, teacher and a principal. That's exactly right. Really? Yeah. They, they yep. are, it was Ron Shagman. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's yep. got better name recognition. <clears throat> I know. I know. Well, I mean, th- that is someone who made a huge difference in my life. I mean, and that was my art teacher in high school. And I mean, I would... Because they recognized the talent and not the... You know, I mean, I was there talent. all the time. I mean, he was like, you got to do something, you know, take architecture class, take, you know, art class, um, and then design. I mean, basically, I was They were just design. trying to get rid of you. They, they were, because I <laughs> because I was just wandering <laughs> the hallways, you know, and... Well, they you saw know. you. Yeah. Like, teacher, really great teachers, mm-hmm. good right. teachers who uh-huh. get into this profession because they want to help children. Right. They are... The keepers of our most precious resource. They right. they spend more time with our children than we do, right? Yeah. So, bless the teachers and the principal for being a disruptor. And that was a wonderful um, thing for me. So, but another thing we were talking about during the break is the fact, you know, 
what we're all doing right now in the age that we're at, you know, and I was mentioning, you know, um, I think we're actually at the right age Mm -hmm. because we are the bridge between analog and digital right now. Yeah, we were born analog, but we understand digital. Right. And you can't rely on 19-year-olds or 20-year-olds to think about bridging sort of the gaps that we're talking about here, you know, whether it's Sarah and Sam and myself with Andalyn or with you, you know? Yeah, it's it's middle-aged entrepreneurs who have hold kind of the key to remembering what the past was and understanding what the future might be. Whereas, you know, children, your children's age, uh, they never have, they don't know an analog past. It's not, and to say that it's like, they don't, they didn't get given a disc camera as a kid and, and you got 15 photos and that's all you can take. And so you have to really sit there and think about who's going to be in this photo because it's expensive to get that film done and then you get it and you've got the the film in your hands and you put it into an album you do the, so or you put a record on a record player there all of these things that are were analog are now you give them a cell phone they can play all the music they want they can take a bazillion pictures and never think about them again so they don't really understand kind of some of the things that we have memory of like home cooked meals and you know all the rest of the things photos that mm-hmm. actually exist so it's our it's our responsibility because of our age to help bridge, bridge that, that gap, gap. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah what's the word legacy right you're pretty familiar with that word legacy. yeah legacy yeah so what's our legacy mm-hmm. our legacy yeah. is that we're going to fix what got broken in the 70s mm-hmm. and we're going to provide lift for these children because mm-hmm. those children of whom you speak yeah their children's life moves at a very fast pace Sure does. does. So Mighty Doodle moves super fast. Yeah. Because you swipe. Oop, not supposed to say it, but you're swiping those flashcards <laughs> and you're, you know, reading Slipping. words and you're moving quickly. And then in between, you're getting a game and you're dancing because of a great guy from the suburbs, Steve Price, created some music for us so they get mm. to move around. And um, the, the band? The suburbs? Just Steve. And he's a neighbor and I go and work with them in a studio and we riff on music. Does that, is riff, is I allowed to say that? You can say riff. Apparently someone, riff is the phrase. Yeah. What? Because Pete said that yesterday. Aren't, aren't we Our riffing on some Oh yeah, some everybody's riff. I think you can say riff, week. maybe not. Well, there's other words that end in IFF that you maybe shouldn't say. Is that what you were getting I at? don't know. Because you no, said swipe. No. It makes sense, yeah. You, you could say you flip the page. I know my son say don't say swipe, but that's <laughs> swipe, what they do because that means something else, right? Well, it's, well yeah, yeah but. it's dating apps. You know, they they co-opted that, but it's fine. You can swipe. You're, you're we're, we give you permission. I'm going to tell them. Yeah, you tell them all. I'll tell them you said. Yeah, tell them Sam. <laughs> Sam's said. the authoritative voice. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, what? that guy. I gave up listening to that guy <laughs> yeah. long ago. Did you do hospital corner on the funk and took me out to porch? He didn't take me fishing as often as I wanted. <laughs> Actually, so, those boys broke me in for this, just so you know. Oh, yeah? That's what prepared me for the boardroom, raising three adult sons. Oh, yeah, mm. for sure. Way, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you started this, I mean, how did, you know, I know our process, you know, going through design and all of that. Are, were you just solo on this? I mean, who else was helping you? So I was very lucky. Um, my husband is in marketing and artificial intelligence. And through him, I met his one of his business partners, whose child has now been diagnosed with dyslexia and has an OG tutor. But at the time, they didn't know what was going on. Mm. So he said to me, literally in a room, I'm going to help you with this. 
I said, I can't afford a CTO. His name is Mark Dispense. I said, Mark, I can't afford you. He said, I'm going to do this for free. I said, Mark, I can never, I will never. This is a foundation. He goes, I get it, Deb. I want everybody to have what Aubrey has. Right. So he helped me early on. And then I knew this great guy named Lucia Moldovan. Oh, yeah, Luch. He's been here 18 years um, and knows a lot about tech. And he came in as a project manager. And then, of course, I've had my husband, who's a serial entrepreneur in a good way, started the Minnesota Cup and said, I will help you do this. I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know the Minnesota I said, you do it. <laughs> you, you scale me. He's like, you're doing it. I said, I'm not doing it. And here we are five years later. Yeah, so okay. it's a team. It's always it's that always there's a, a team. team effort. And you find kind of like-minded people that are going to give their time and their effort and their money, hopefully. But that's how you do it. They're precious resources. Mm-hmm. It says one mm-hmm. female tech CEO to another, or, you know, tech f- company founder. To another well, tech you can't do it. Thing. You can't do it alone. We talk a lot about our partnership because there's three of us that have been working together closely for two years, and we're super fortunate because we play off each other. We have mm-hmm. different strengths, but we don't fight. We don't need to take ownership. You know what I mean? There's no ego so much involved, and you're talking about there's no I in team, and it's never only about one of us because it's the greater purpose that we're trying to do. So, And it was lonely at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, I'm reading books on the outside to keep up, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Art of the Start and all these books, because how am I going to run a business? I run a classroom. So I needed people. Yeah. And I wanted to fill in those blanks and smarter guidance. than me. Yeah. Smarter than me. And that's the, we need to admit that we don't know everything, right? It's a lot we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you ask for help. Well, and, and there's a reason why. Starting a business is uh, sort of equated to raising a kid or something like it. Roller coaster. Yeah, and there's all these things that you know, it like you for all the want in the world, you can't make it happen faster than it happens. Everything has mm-hmm. to. You have to go mm-hmm. through every step to get further down the road, mm-hmm. and you have to watch the thing grow. And and all along the way, like, all right, so I don't understand web design very well but i can't afford to pay anyone so i'll learn enough about web design to make it work for a while and then you find someone maybe you get a little money or something and you find someone who can do it a whole heck of a lot better Mm -hmm. and so you just you're always building little bit by little bit and doing as much as you can Mm -hmm. yourself hats yeah yeah and then but then it gets hard to give up that's what we were talking about too yeah um there's certain things. I'm a perfectionist, and it can be down to the littlest things for design. <laughs> and it's face. very hard for me <laughs> to, to kind of seed that. There's going to come a time when I have to, but it's it's hard. We say progress, not perfection. That's because that's what I'm learning. Progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We also say lean into vulnerability, always looking to the grow zone. Mm. Because we're scrappy. We've, we're doing multiple things that are organization mm-hmm. so be vulnerable if you don't know what you don't know till you know it right that's one of mark's dispensus quotes you don't know what you don't know till you know it be vulnerable will help we leave no one behind mm-hmm. and then we can help you another value of ours is collaborate lift and launch yep so mm-hmm. how many right now how many schools are you in i just left our 11th site on the way here okay I, and they're all in the twin cities 
mm-hmm. locally. Okay. Okay. And so, is this always going to be a school-based thing? Is it, or is it going to be in the hands of kids outside of schools? Well, as you said, it, the, with Apple, I mean, yeah. It, I have a sister who's homeschooling her children. That's oh, yeah. So we're looking at homeschools. Here's what I want to say: looking at it as a social justice issue. Mm-hmm. I feel adamant that this should be provided during the morning literacy block because. I'll say white privilege. Mm-hmm. I could pick up my child from school, or Dan could work around his work schedule, or I could work and get him somewhere with a snack and something to drink. Okay? What if you don't have a home mm-hmm. or a yeah. car? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if? Okay, that what if it happens to account for the 60% of the children that aren't greedy at level, right? Yeah. So then I say, no, this is where you get it. Mm-hmm. You want breakfast. It's provided at school. You better be there in the morning. So that's when we teach. And that's when, you know, we grew up, you said analog. When was reading? First block of the morning. Mm. So then I am adamant about doing this at that time when they are freshest because that's when they are a captive audience. And that is what we as a nation mm-hmm. are to provide all children. Mm. Yeah, that works. That works for me. I can handle that. Right? <laughs> I don't want to grow the gap. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, I mean, as we produce these things, you can imagine a future where more tools and more resources like this are more readily available to people. But if, if that's your mission right now, that makes perfect sense to, to have it in schools, school-based, and a certain block of time where you know you've got the kids kind of at their peak because they've eaten breakfast and it's the morning. I like it. It seems to be working. We're, we're averaging two to four times better on national standardized testing scores in four to six months. I mean, wow. yeah, that's pretty And good. anecdotally, you know that's it's working, working, don't you? Like, you just know it's working. I was going to say, if the teachers are the ones that are your biggest champions, then it has to be working because they wouldn't support something if it wasn't. I will tell you, when you have a child who's food insecure, mm-hmm. ask if they can stay to finish a lesson before they go to lunch. You know it's working. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. our efficacy point number one. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like we look at the back end data, the teacher portal that flags learning differences earlier. It's where they go to print the individualized flashcards, right? We're watching them go. We have a third party evaluator, blah, blah, blah. When I have a child who says, I love Mighty Doodle, are you Mighty Doodle? I say, I love you too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have a child who says, I have a rage issue. I said, I think we have a reading issue. Let's go be successful here and then we'll talk about the rage. And then she says, I'm good. After the lesson, I don't need to talk. I feel good. I feel smart. Yeah. That's efficacy. That's You're empowering them. We get, yeah, mm-hmm. Mighty Doodle wears a cape. Mm. We got all of our students Velcro capes. Oh. You know, it's Cute. those little, yeah, it's those little things that empower So where do you see them. the future of Mighty Doodle right now? Like, oh. like as far as growing, could it grow into other areas too? Yeah, so... People ask me that question a lot, to which I say, as the person living in the state of General Mills, we have to perfect cereal, and then maybe we'll look at Pop-Tarts. But until I see a close, a narrowing Mm -hmm. of the gap, until we've really got K through three down and children up, that's when we'll make something, another something, Mm -hmm. something. But... um, but the focus right now is in that area. K through three. Get yeah. them reading by third grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and there is there is a broad community of, of people 
especially in Minnesota, I mean, you know, the, the land of 10,000 uh, nonprofits, there are a lot of people working on other things as well. So, so your, your focus is this and you want to really perfect what you're doing before you consider doing other things. Well, the stakes are pretty high. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's a real are. good one. We are looking to partner with other organizations, so it's less silos and more collaboration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're looking at an organization to deliver Mighty Doodle in the schools versus having to hire and keep scaling multiple teachers and just do massive teacher trainings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, Chris Coleman on the show a while back, and he was talking about the housing inequity in the city. and Through Habitat for humanity. Yeah, so I mean, there's groups. It, it, it's there are so many factors that are leading to really just a waste of time and talent, and you know, just hamstringing kids. It just it amazes me that we don't take that more seriously and do something about it. But there's a lot of different ways that that people are trying to attack that issue. I think you know, this is. It's just heartening to know that there's stuff going on out there, that you're doing all of this and that people care. Because there's so many different ways. I mean, even even getting kids out into nature, that's a really important one, too. Mm-hmm. I love that side of things, and I feel like there's a lot of positive movement in, around that, too. So, Well, that's another reason why we want it during the morning literacy block. Mm-hmm. So the worst thing we do for children when they're not at grade level is take them out of the arts. Mm-hmm. Their music classes, their painting, their theater, right. their pottery, um, the more or tactile. sports, or sports. They take them out of sports where their self-esteem is so nourished. And then I look at that and I say, don't pull them out of there. And then after-school sports, no, they don't want to get a tutor after school during properly during school. And then their six-hour day doesn't turn into a nine-hour day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. missing out on all of the other things that kids should be doing after school you should be riding your bike and breathing yeah outside or playing or something <laughs> you should be doing definitely something like that and and not taking kids out of the other activities like no. the arts and that when um, i had my private practice i would say to the parents what works for you oh we could pull them out of baseball i said no do not <laughs> no uh, take away where they're fed <clears throat> right right yeah where they can do something they really yeah. love um, so I work with uh, people with cognitive disorder with art therapy, and that also has huge results. Um, you know, so arts are, are essential, I think, for a, a way of communicating mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, that you don't necessarily think of. Um, and with that said, like, yeah, I mean, when, when someone's pulled out of those classes, you don't know what's going to happen to them, you know? I mean, they really miss out on a way of communicating in a different way. How did we get here? Because, I mean, when when we were kids, I mean, did you not have, I mean, we were, we had civics class. So you learned Mm -hmm. about, about the government and how things work. And, and we had home ec so that you learned how even the little boys, I learned to sew. I still, I, I have a sewing machine. I use it all the time when I need to, uh, you learned Woodworking, you learned art, you learned a little bit about metal stuff. You know, I, I remember smelting some metal and making a. I think I, I think that still happens. I mean, I don't think it know, does. It it does. It it, it in uh, junior high. Yeah, I guess it's junior high. I mean, does I, it? I mean, I guess you know. Let's see. Did the kids do any of that in high school? No, not really. They didn't. You know, but they were sports kids. 
you know yeah, but, so but i mean the there's something that it seems to me as if uh you know let's say the first school was created in 1600 or whatever you know i don't know how old schools actually are probably much much older than that i'm sure the greeks and the romans would be laughing at me for saying schools were created 16 anyway modern schools uh it seems to me at you know day one someone had to sit there and say well i think we should teach them math and i think we should teach them uh some history and literature and so they had the things reading writing and arithmetic but eventually they, they added these other things and somehow through some form of attrition, we've lost a lot of those things. I would things. guess it's funding. It comes down to funding where they have to cut. But I mean, if, if someone one, at one point decided that it would be important to do them, who made the decision that it would be less important? I, 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 where did they come? I'm not versed in this, <laughs> yeah. I wish. My dad was a principal, so I'm, you know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm assuming it's funding. And they're having to make you. You can speak to this better than I could. I really want Deb to answer this question. Deb really doesn't want to answer the question. (laughs) Absolutely funding. I'm trying to figure out a way to articulate this. No, I do. I do know. Okay. So as it relates to literacy, there's whole language and there's the science of learning phonics. That's where it first started. That we thought children would just absorb language. Children absorb speech. Mm -hmm. They learn how to talk. But as far as how to spell, you don't absorb that. You have to be taught. So that's the one thing that happened in the 70s. There's also a sort of breakdown of what happens with the structure of families and the value of family and just sitting down at a table. And so there was less sort of ability for families who needed two incomes to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad or good, it just is, right? That's yeah. the good news. But along with that came this change which is parents started to ask more of their children and more of their teachers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you have they call them sergeants helicopters and facilitator parents so the sergeant like you will get an a no doubt about it and then they'll yell at the teachers you're not doing enough for my child i don't care that you have 30 children that all learn differently and the world is flat in all different cultures you are (laughs) accountable and then you have um the facilitator how can you own this how can you do your work and go as your best child to this class and so we like facilitator parents Mm -hmm. because they'll help bridge the gap in education and we like teachers who not only love children but are trained properly Mm -hmm. so our system is breaking down because we're expecting teachers to do everything Mm -hmm. and parents want a parent right they don't my mom did not sit with me for hours at night to do homework my friends who have children, the expectation is if you want to get your child somewhere, you better be fully vested and, right. and you know doing flashcards. We send home mighty doodle flashcards so children can do them alone. Mm. Maybe your mom is doing her work or your dad's doing their work or whoever, your mom and your mom or your dad or your dad, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. So what can you as a child be empowered to yeah. do? Mm-hmm. Hence the word empower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a balance. There's a balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I grew up with... Um, my mom was one of the few, actually, if the only mom that worked when I was in um, elementary school. And I remember feeling that and knowing that, and it was made clear that she was the one that was working. Mm. And I still turned out okay. I think we, <laughs> I think we were given, my two sister, sisters and I, it's a little bit more independence, or um, it's not that she was never around. It's just she wasn't around as much as the other moms. 
And Your mom was a nurse, and right? It, she was, yeah. yeah. Yep, and uh, and I think that's great. I mean, she raised three daughters that are successful, that are you know that work hard, have a good work ethic. Um, but back in the day, it was an anomaly for her to be that, to do that. Right, and I say whatever works. Yeah, like yeah. whatever works for your family structure. Here's the other thing I say to my friends who are a little bit behind me in years: our children survive in spite of us. They do. They come it, into it the world. Matter. They're they so come resilient. Through. Yes. They come through us, <laughs> yeah. and we'll make mistakes, but we are. We just have to try. And trust them, too. And trust the mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Oh, listen to children. Mm-hmm. So, there's more. So, I, you know, I love, I've got three of my own kids, and I love watching them go through school. And, and you know, I'll, I'll let them play hooky every now and again, and they can miss a day of school, and they'll come with Dad, and we'll do something or whatever. Like, because years ago, and it wasn't that long ago, but I heard a study about, uh, you know, the biggest indicator of kind of a happy and healthy, successfully lived life or whatever is is not uh, how well you're doing at math in fifth grade or whatever, but just general empathy. Just just mm-hmm. raising an empathetic person, gar- not guarantees, but gives them a better shot of, of having a happily lived life. And then I think about that in the context of reading and and how it is it is one thing to watch a movie it is another thing to listen to someone speak or to listen to audio but some of the most impactful empathetic experiences i've ever had and i think every reader can attest to this is going on a 300 page journey with someone who took the time to mm. to write down a either a fictional or non-fiction story that is so amazing that you can't put the book down. You're absorbing you're absorbing the viewpoints of multiple people at once. They're crafting this elaborate tale that that teaches you what it's like to be like a 15-year-old girl. Like I'm a I'm a 45-year-old guy. I don't know what it's like to be a 15-year-old girl, but if I read the right story and it's presented in the right way, I can at least suspend something in my mind and and understand life through that person's lens and you can't always get that in movies but like really well done movies you can get some of that but the reading gives it Mm -hmm. to you in a different way Mm -hmm. and so to think of to think of denying that empathy building tool to children and to shame them for not knowing how to read when really it's they just need it. They just need to be able to read those things so they can become a more empathetic person. Well, it's the hierarchy you were talking about before. How can someone fully develop empathy if they're being denied? Or they One haven't of the developed tools. those basic, right, that we take for granted. Oh, of course. You know? Yeah. It's the first virtue when you teach children, the book of virtues. It's, it's empathy for a reason. You know, it's interesting you talk about the books and what that does for you. I remember being a little girl and not exactly happy in that moment. So I started reading books about Pippi Longstocking, mm-hmm. and I literally was her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and lost I had yourself. And I monkey, and I became, and I could disappear, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I could take on pirates, and I could do anything because I was, she was me. I lived in her world. Mm-hmm. You can escape, especially mm-hmm. our children. They can escape in books. Why would we deny them 
that richness of escapism and learning and travel and all things possible. No one's ever brought that to my attention until just this moment. Oh, whoa! Oh. Oh, there you go. Uh, it you know several of the camps that I visited. I'll go back to camps, but uh, the girls' camps. They there are several girls' camps that I have visited that set up reading villages, mm-hmm. like like canopy in a tree mm-hmm. with multiple levels with different nooks where they can sit and read because that's an expectation that girls have mm-hmm. that they can escape into books not a single one did it at a boys camp and i always thought that was kind of ludicrous because we have on a on a rainy day up at camp chippewa we were we were tasked with getting the the boys out of their cabin and into the dining hall and and putting on some sort of an event for them or a, a, a day you know we're going to we're going to build things and do stuff. And I always thought, like, you know, reading's really good. And some of the kids really, really love reading. Like, we should be providing the... Mm-hmm. the do you guys remember when you were a kid and you, you could, like, curl up in a closet or or a chair somewhere in the sun on a cold day and just read a book and be completely Well, we were just talking about the fact that, you know, vacations are the time when we read, you know? Because, you know... We're Life laying gets, out in the sun, mm-hmm. and it's like finally we have a chance to read, you know. Um, maybe and, we should take more time. To well, well, maybe yeah. we should. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting because there was an article the other day too. I think it was—I don't remember where it was—but it was talking about audiobooks and how they're so popular right now, you know, and the fact that libraries are are changing over to a lot of heavy, heavy audiobooks, you know. Um, and that's sort of like an interesting thing that's happening, you know, as we're talking about reading. And, you know, for me and my family, just trying to find time, you know, where you've got that book and you're just like, I want to read it. We read at night, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But and, and we got we had uh, Pete in yesterday and, and mm-hmm. he produced this brand new magazine that is absolutely beautifully tactile and really, oh. really, really well done. We can show you after. But yeah. Um, I think the pendulum swings on everything. Yeah, I think you know vinyl is coming back for a reason because people want process. They want to play a full album and they want to, yeah, the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you know it's really cool that we can share the resource of a digital book or an audio book, and that can be made like once. A real book. Yeah, and pass around. I was going to comment on what I was going with that is that um, when I read it's so much different than it is listening because when I hear yeah. someone's voice I think mm-hmm. about the person and mm-hmm. what they're looking mm-hmm. like you know and when I'm reading I'm like you sort of just that. in my own head you know and, and that's where when you mentioned Deb you know it's like you know you're Pippi Longstocking you know and I can you know it's more me in the story when I'm reading that's it than I am mm-hmm. listening to mm-hmm. it and you it's know? your creative license you mm-hmm. imagine right. what they yep Mm-hmm. You imagine the whole landscape. Oh, imagine everything. everything what everyone everything you know. is your own creation in that moment. Right. You know what I'm tell- also telling you about Camp Chippewa. Yeah. What did you do every night before the children went to bed? We read to them. You read every them night. Every it night. was such a that is. As a counselor, it's like this, this tiny bit of burden unless you release yourself to the, how awesome it is, and you just sit and read and and you watch those kids. You know, everybody in the room is like six to eight kids in a cabin, 
one counselor, there's two counselors in the cabin, but one reads and, uh, and you, you read and 15, 20 minutes later, you look up and you're like, is, is everyone still awake? Or, and if it's a really good book, they're all like, yep, you can keep reading. You oh, know, there's something very comforting about, um, I'm starting to get back in the habit. One of the things I'm most proud of is I've moved all over the country and I've always kept my book collection. I've just kept it with me and I'll pull out books and stuff I studied in college and whatever. And uh, I just, I'm going on vacation next week and I did go to the right. used bookstore and I bought a couple of science fiction books and I started reading one and I read it before bed and I can't stop. That's why I'm not sleeping because I'm up late reading it's this book. It's one of the book. many reasons. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's something so special about having a, the physical book and then looking at my library and it's like, oh, I remember I read that when I was kind of in the political phase and I wanted to read about presidents or, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like a kind of an ongoing collection of your thoughts. It's interesting. Some yeah. people go into someone's house, they look in the bathroom, don't like, know what they're like. I look at, I look at the like, What are they reading? Mm -hmm. yep. What kind of books are in their bookshelf? Mm -hmm. That's how you know. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if, if a lack of literacy is a mechanism of oppression, then a, an abundance of literacy is the antithesis of that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. awesome that you are You're doing great this. work. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, is there, we, we can talk about, we can ask you if there's anything you do for fun. That's always a fun fun way to kind of wind down the the show, because it's been pretty heavy. Did you grow up here, by the way? I grew Minnesota? up in Milwaukee, same place uh, as Oprah Winfrey. Oh, that's why you two are buddies. I grew up in a highly <laughs> segregated city, but yes, uh, that is why I adore her um, for many reasons. So my hobby be besides reading and cooking this is like a little known secret. Oh. For real. Mm. Yeah. Hip hop dancing. Oh. Really? Oh. Don't let the plaid fool you. No one believes me. Oh, and I believe you. If you drive in my car, you will hear, oh, I I was at a party with a name I won't mention. <laughs> Let's just say he plays for a little Wolves team. And I was like, check out these moves. And I think he was like, Mrs. Mallon, you... Uh, you got the move. That's now. unexpected. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. I did have on my readers and a pearl necklace, but oh. right. I still had it. You still you were able to. Yeah, but I love hip hop dancing. Yes, I, that's alluring to some people. You know, not to my sons. Mom, do not ever do that again. Oh my gosh, that's so don't funny. Embarrass us. That's great. Uh, yeah, so you grew up in Milwaukee, and how'd you, you make and it? You dance. Uh, how'd you get here, Mary Tyler Moore? I'll make it here. No, I... Uh, <laughs> she had to come. Sorry. Um, you teed it up. I, I moved it. here yeah. for undergrad. And yeah. then I met my husband. He was a 3M. Also originally from Milwaukee, correct? Yeah. We grew up five minutes from each other and oh, met wow. here. That's, That's the way it goes. That's, That's the universe. That's it's cooler here. It's so cool here. Don't move to Minnesota, though. Yeah. We, we always try and Dis we always try dissuade, dissuade people, people from... Because we don't... Yeah. Because we don't want it to get old. It's like, it's like it's knowing a secret. Yeah, yeah it's like knowing yeah. a secret bar. You know, that you're yeah. like, I don't want that to get packed. Secret yeah. fishing spot. Good mm -hmm. people. Secret fishing spot. Good hardy people here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Resilient people. Mm -hmm. Actually, go ahead. Come on up. It's great. Move up here. Help us out. Bring some diversity. Let's, get, let's just make this great. Let's make the place even better. Sounds good. I like it. All right. Uh, so we've been, we've been plugging... Uh, Literacy matters the entire time, which is good. 
but can you give people the keys to finding anything out about you? If someone wants to donate, if they just want to know more, if they want to help, if they want to get involved in some way, how do they get in touch with you? So I, the first, I'd say go to the website. That's always the... Well, because when you go to literacymatters.org, you have a lot of information, and we built it with great sensitivity to individuals with learning differences. Sure. Um, there's also some uh, options for donating, of course, because if you fund a child, you change your life. I think that was JFK that said, a miseducated child is a child left behind. Mm-hmm. Oh. So we're always um, in that mode. The other thing um, I would recommend is um, come come see a school. If um, you're a major donor or, or a teacher interested in our product, we love to show mm-hmm. what a classroom looks like. It's a sight to behold. I've seen six foot four men cry. I've seen very tough women who never cry. It is so moving when you see children loving to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're going to be doing a campaign in March. Um, so just keep your eyes open and pass, you know, pass the word around that there is a disease. It's called illiteracy. And we have the immunization. And it's to deliver proper reading instruction K through three. It's very nice. It's a yeah. nice way to put it. Yeah, it's like you, it's like you know this world well. I love this one. Yeah. I do. You're a great advocate for it. Fantastic. Well, Deb. Thank you, Deb, for coming. Thanks for coming. Thank you you so much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't want want it to end, but it seems like a fair spot. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care. Mm-hmm.